Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday and happy summer, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> uh, today's episode, I am talking to Michael Unbroken, who has a super interesting and fascinating story to share, um, along with what he's doing with his life now. Rose is entering the chat. Yes, baby girl, can I help you? Yeah, she really wants to be part of this podcast every single week. Anywho, so let's get to the interview. And she walked out. She wasn't that impressed with me. Story of my life. Well, welcome, new friend Michael, to the Sunshine Stephen podcast. How are you today? Uh, it is my pleasure, my friend. I'm super excited to be here with you today. I'm awesome. awesome. That's good. And you are on vacation right now. So we'll try to make this <laughs> a little bit fun as well too where are you on vacation right now if you don't i'm on i'm on homecation my friend um just chilling hanging out the pool getting some workouts in uh taking some mental mental break for me to get a little bit more brevity in my life as we head into the next phase so yeah a little bit of recovery that's nice where are you located oh i'm in denver colorado nice yeah i'm in florida where it's hot and humid right now but (laughs) as usual it is, yeah, <laughs> not different from really uh, any other day. Um, I do want to pass it over to you because you know you better than anybody else. Kind of give listeners a breakdown of who you are, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, I'm an author, speaker, coach, uh, podcast host. Um, I do a lot of different things. Honestly, I live in a lot of different spaces. I'm an entrepreneur. I run multiple companies. Um, I do a lot, but ultimately my mission is very simple. Um, I'm here to end generational trauma through education and information um, so that kids don't have to have stories like mine. Yeah. And that's, I think that's very important. Um, We definitely get into that a little bit more, but what made you decide that that's where you wanted to go in life to help out and share your story was there a something one event or multiple or was it something that you've always felt like you needed slash were called to do yeah I mean that's that is a good question you know looking at my life um I should be dead or in jail my I'll give you the elevator pitch life story because I think that'll really help see yeah. some context as we get into this Um, When I was four years old, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic, actually cut off my right index finger, Mm. right? And and people always go, well, how could your mom do that? And it's that old adage, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And in my life, I've changed it to heal the people, heal people. And so that's very much my mission, my journey. When I was six, she married my stepfather, super abusive. I mean, he kicked the shit out of my brothers and I, put me in the hospital multiple times. I mean, this is a guy who'd drag us out of bed in the middle of the night and beat us senseless because we put away wet dishes, right? I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about this environment. Um, Spent the majority of my childhood deeply impoverished and homeless. We lived with 30 different families between eight to 12 years old getting bounced around place to place to place. I mean, sometimes I was staying in a van. Sometimes it was a stranger's house. Sometimes it was my grandma. Sometimes it, you know, I never knew I was going to be most nights. So it was super discombobulating. Um, Not to mention I had learning disabilities. I had massive asthma as a kid. I wet the bed. Like it was the cards were fucking against me. Yeah. 
And when I was 12 years old, um, after living by myself in an abandoned house for six weeks, my grandmother came and adopted me, which you would think would be a godsend. Um, but she was a old racist ass white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. And I'm biracial, black and white. And so insert massive identity crisis, right? right. And, and I started doing drugs when I was 12 years old, getting high, popping pills, getting drunk. Um, when I was 15, I got expelled from school for selling drugs. And um, I was just like, what am I going to do? And I'm breaking in houses. I'm stealing cars. I'm running from the cops. I'm getting shot at. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's some movie shit. And my, I get a call one day from one of the guidance counselors. They're like, the dean at school wants to see you. And I'm like, for what? Right. I'm already kicked out. Like, what do we, right. we don't have anything to talk about? Well, apparently someone had entered my name into get an offer to be into a last chance program. So I go and I take heed of that, realizing like, if I don't, like, I'm going to be the moron who doesn't graduate high school. Lo and behold, I become the moron who doesn't graduate high school. And, you know, I had straight F's, missed 100 days. Uh, again, I'm in this really bad environment. And, and one day my girlfriend calls me. She's like, hey, by the way, you're not graduating. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. You know, and so I, I go to school and I go up to Mr. Bush's classroom, second floor, corner of the building. My business teacher, irony of all ironies, um, he, he tells me the most important thing, Stephen, anyone's ever told me in my life. He says, what you need to understand is that you cannot get by in your charms and your good looks. If you want something, you got to earn it. And, and I went to summer school. And what happened in summer school is all my friends ostracized me. No one wanted to hang out with me. I was the biggest fucking loser in school. And then my summer school teacher comes up to me and goes, we're just going to give you the diploma. We're done with you. I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> Defeats you're the gonna, purpose. You're going to do the same thing that I just had all this suffering over. And so anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm working a warehouse job, putting microchips into motherboards all day long, 12 hours a day in a warehouse. And um, I got fired. Uh, probably because I was stoned. <laughs> That'll so, happen. <laughs> it will happen. It happened more than once, I promise. Um, and so I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, what is the solution for this chaos? Poverty, homelessness, abuse, watching my friends get arrested, watching my friends drop out of school, you know, all that. And I was like, it's money. It's got to be. What else would it be? And so I made a declaration of myself. I said, by the time I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. And that part was super important. And that's because I have family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. Oh, gosh. I knew where I was going. I knew exactly my path. And so I started learning skills. And I ended up at 18 and a half, almost 19, landing a job for a fast food restaurant had a team of 52 under me, learning P&Ls and loss and shrink and all that. And, and, but that wasn't going to take me to where I thought I wanted to go. And so I, I find out from a friend that they get a job working for an insurance company. And Stephen, when I tell you my mind was fucking blown, like I mean it because I didn't know that was a thing. Mm. You know, you see in movies and right. that, but like in real life, I've never seen anyone do that. And I'm the kind of person where if you can do it, my brain goes, oh, cool. I can do that too. Yeah. And so I just started laying out the framework and I, I must have filled out and got declined from job applications, interviews, and resumes 200 times. 
just continuing to go for it, go for it, go for it. Cause my, my focus was that goal. And so as I'm heading into 21, I land a job with a fortune 10 company, fortune 10, no high school diploma, no college education. And I made $96,800. My first, when I was 21 years old, I did what I said I was going to do. Yeah. But then my life turned into a complete disaster because money really does pull out exactly who you are. And, and you hear that, but I don't think you ever realize that until it's a part of your life. And so I found myself, you fast forward, you know, five years later, I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking two packs a day. I'm drinking from the moment I wake up till the moment I go to bed. I'm stoned all day long. I'm cheating on my girlfriend. I'm, I got like liver damage. Like it's crazy. I'm like, I'm destroying my life. And after the worst night of my life, arguably, probably still to this day, I'm laying in bed and I'm like 350 pounds, eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the fucking CrossFit games, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm at rock bottom. Like it doesn't yeah. get any worse than this, right? The only way my life would have been worse is if I killed somebody, which yeah. probably wasn't going to be far away because I was drinking and driving and acting like a fucking moron. Mm. And so I pull myself out of bed and I'm standing in front of the bathroom mirror. And I remember being eight years old and the water company had come and turned off our water again. And it's this blistering hot Indiana August summer day. Hmm. And I go in the yard. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. Hmm. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown up, this will not be my life. Yeah. And, and it wasn't financially, but it wasn't every other way because I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And as I looked in the mirror, I realized the truth. I was breaking a promise I made to myself. And it was like a baseball bat to the face. And in that, I made a decision. And I asked myself a question. It literally changed my life forever. I said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer rained down on me from God, Zeus, Olympus. I don't know. The answer was no excuses, just results. And that changed everything for me. Because it meant I was no longer going to be the victim. I wasn't going to blame you. I wasn't going to negotiate with myself. And I was going to do whatever it took to have the life that I wanted to have. Now, almost 12 years later, here I am talking to you. And that's, that's an amazing story, first of all. And it's always, and that's why I love having folks like yourself on this show to share their story. Because... It, it, to me, it's one of those, you know, one in a million where you have a lot of folks that go through similar things and they never have that aha moment where they look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm going to change this. This is not what I wanted. Um, and I've dealt with that in my personal life and family life and close friends and stuff too, where there are moments that I, I even had like you mean you can make more than like minimum wage in life? Like, what is this? Because oh that's what you're used to. I'm like, oh, wait, we used to steal cable from the neighbors and we uh, couldn't even afford trash service. So it was like sneaking out in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night, things like that, to where I was like, oh, when I'm older and wiser and have money, I never want this for myself. 
And some people have that mindset, but they just never get to that point of, oh no, I really do. The problem is me. I'm not going to be the victim. I need to change. They always project it on others. So I commend you for, you know, having that moment of, oh no, this is me. Like I need to start with me if I want to see these changes I want to see. So um, that's always awesome. So from there, once you started that, what was the first steps where you like, I need to go talk to people. I need to write. I need to podcast. I need to, what shifted to, I need to make this my, you know, career. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of talk about what happened, like in the immediacy of that. Yeah, of course. Because the shift wouldn't come for another five years. Like this oh, thing, nice. this is still five years away at this point. Right. And so I, I have this moment where I would call it from 26 to 30 was like one step forward, a million steps backwards. Mm. And I was like, fuck, man, every single time I'm making progress, I screw it up again. But what I didn't understand, because I didn't have the language for it then, was it was I was iterating. I was just learning. I was failing because I was trying things and figuring stuff out. And, And people think that this process is like, one day you wake up, you want to get your shit together and then everything's different. Yeah. It's, it's not, not overnight. Yeah. It's not. It's you wake up, you want to get your shit together and then you suffer for five years yeah. while you figure it out. Because what you don't understand is you're actually taking control of your life for the first time and you have no foundation or, or baseline for anything. You've never been you before. Right. You know, and I, I think that's such an important thing that's that's really overshadowed in this personal development, self-help, mental health talk, because, you know, the, the truth about it is, you know, growing up through trauma, like it's not it's not my mom cutting off my finger. It's not the burns. It's not the cuts. It's not the abuse. It, like that stuff isn't what carried with me mm-hmm. as much as the theft of my identity. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing that's not talked about, right? You, you going through this process, me going through this process was like trying to figure out who I was in real time. And, and when you're a kid, most children have the safety of a supportive environment to discover who they are in failure. Children of households that are abusive do not, because every time you fuck up, you get punished. And so think about the brain, right? The brain serves one purpose, survival. And so if you spend all this time in your life measuring the environment for safety, especially in adolescence, and the brain says, wait a second, hold on, time out. When I'm me, when I have an opinion, when I have a want, a need, an interest, a boundary, and I try to be that and I'm punished, the brain doesn't want that anymore. It says, wait a second, I can't be me. And so it turns off, it stops. And what happens is that you put yourself in this position where you chameleon, you start to placate, you become someone else because it's survival, right? That's it. And then when you're, the worst part about that, Stephen, it serves you for a period of time. When you're eight, 12, 18, that keeps you safe. And then when you're 26, 30, 45 years old, well, now you're in danger, because you have to figure out how to be you in real time, but the stakes are much higher. So in that window of 26 to 30, it's just the continuation of learning that every single day. And then what happened is I just started when I was around 30, around this window where I was really starting to understand myself at a deeper level. And trust me, there was still so much more to come. It was very much about 
I'll put information I'm learning into the world because I think that it would serve someone. And then what would happen is people would reach out to me. They'd be like, hey, man, that thing you wrote, I understand that. I get it. That changed my life. People started saying, you saved my life. And I'll be clear, Stephen, I've never saved anyone's life. I've just given them some tools. Right. And, and through that, it was like looking at this, being massively grateful and understanding like sometimes our pain can be our purpose. And that led me to being here. That, and that's powerful and amazing too that um especially when you have others reach out and say hey this really resonated with me this touched me um i want to share it with others i want to i want more um which is awesome and and part of that i mentioned it a little bit more and i do want to because i'm always interested with books um you know you have a podcast and a book so i wanted to briefly talk about the book and how that came about what your way how you started like okay this is I know I want to write something what am I going to write about what was that process like putting it together because it's always different and I find it very interesting with any yeah. author of how they put it together and made it into the world yeah so I have I have two books published the third one comes out in October oh nice um, it's called Unbroken Man so I'm very excited about that book um I, when I said that I was no longer going to negotiate with myself, I meant it. And so unlike a lot of my pre previous and prior life experiences of like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It, it, that's off the table. That idea of like, maybe if kind of should have might. Yeah. No, that's not how I live my life. If it's, if I say I'm going to do it, it's done. Very similar to the conversation we're literally having right now. Yeah. Right. I could have easily been like, yo, Steven, dude, on, on staycation, I'll see you next. And I'm like, no, you, you committed fucking show up. Right. And so people are always like, how do you write a book? Steven, I'm going to tell you the key right now, write a book. You want to start a podcast, start a podcast. Right. You want to get up early, get up early. Like, and, and that seems like this very simplified manner of thought because it is. Yeah because it truly is. And, and the thing to get to that place is you just simply have to be willing to reconcile the truth that you're going to have to figure out how to be effective at it. Right. You're just not good at it yet. That's fine. Nobody's good at anything yet. Yeah. And then one day you are because you put in the reps, you put in the work, you put in the hours, you showed up, you executed, you kept doing it every single day, day in and day out. Like nobody... A uh, podcast is a great example, especially because we're literally having one right now. Like we're going on four years and 400 episodes of Think Unbroken, where yes. I've interviewed some of the greatest minds on planet Earth. I've been a guest over 300 times. So you're talking about accumulatively tens of thousands of hours dedicated right. to craft. But when I did episode one, nobody listened. Yeah. Nobody listened. In episode 100, nobody listened. But what did I decide in the same way that I decided to write the book, I sat down and I'll, I'll answer your question very specifically. No, you're good. I sat down and I said, what are the pillars of this journey that I believe have led me to this place? And I just started writing out bit by bit by bit, kind of the things that I was thinking about that had led me to success. And, and the baseline of it was the research and science. Because that, that held the most true. And then it was like, okay, cool. What would the chapters be? And then I started just writing out chapters. 
I didn't write the book. I wrote the outline. And then I started just reverse engineering that and writing, 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 writing. And, and initially the book, when I finished it the first time, like it was like 800 pages long. Oh, wow. I'm like, ain't nobody going to read this. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it was probably too wordy and blah, blah, blah. And we refined it down to like 250 pages. Just what are the most important right. tactical pieces of information? There's no fluff in that book. There's no bullshit in that book. It's straight to the point again and again and again. And then in the process of doing so, like I was shopping agents, trying to get a publisher. Everybody told me no. Hundreds of people. Just like when I was trying to get that job with that Fortune 10 company. Mm -hmm. Everybody kept telling me no. And they were saying, look, man, nobody's going to sit on the subway and read a book called Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. And I said, you want to bet? Right. Watch me. And then we've sold, I don't know, 10,000 copies of that book. It's been number one in multiple categories on Amazon. You know, it, it's incredible. But still, to their point, and maybe they're right, maybe they're not, but I can look at the purchase numbers. There's 50 reviews of that book across the board on all the websites. We've sold 10,000 copies. There's a discrepancy there. Yeah. But, it, but it points to the truth about the society we live on live in that people are very scared to talk about the one thing that impacts us more than anything else on planet earth that's childhood trauma and abuse oh yeah i mean you know one of the things that's really dangerous is people go well well shouldn't you be over it and i'm like well that's really stupid yeah (laughs) yeah that's not gonna work that got us to where we are and so by bringing light to it by having really difficult conversations by sharing our truth and look a lot of it is you have to execute against the thing that you said that you need to bring into the world to make the world the world that you want to live in right. and if you're not then you really need to contemplate why you're being so fucking selfish right, right. and and it's a battle it's a journey because you face Fear, shame, judgment, ridicule, people, you know, are going to tell you it's not good enough. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. There are people's opinions have nothing to do with you. Right. And ultimately, like really to, to go full circle here, you want to write a book, write a book. That's awesome, though, that and you're right. Sometimes you just have to shut up and put up, <laughs> do it, do it, put your mind to it. And like you said, I think it's very important. Like it, nobody's going to just be perfect at it 100 yeah. the first time people always ask you know because i started my podcast in the midst of the pandemic first starting in 2020 and people were like how did you know i was like i just did it and i was like you know i felt proud after a week of like 15 people listening to it i was like that's cool awesome. that's great and then it, yes. those numbers started growing and i was like oh like okay maybe i know what i'm doing but i listened back to some of the early episodes and i'm like Oh, that was, that was horrible. That was a bad, but it, yeah. it's of course a part of life though. We're nobody's perfect 100% well, of the time. You know, you got to let go of perfectionism, man. You know, That's my, my number two, most listened to podcast ever. And we're talking about tens of thousands of downloads is me literally sitting in a restaurant, holding my phone into my face like this at seven o'clock in the evening, having an idea and being like, everyone needs to hear this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and things like that, you hear multiple times with artists and um influencers and stuff that you know which i think i can't even remember who the big i want to say it was the person that wrote twilight wrote some of it on napkins or maybe that was jk rowling anyways some things like that like it's you know you got to find your way to get it you know out there into the world so i'm glad that and i'll definitely i'll link the books down below um and read them myself because i'm a 
I'm a reader, so I will definitely uh, get my copies and read them as well. Uh, next thing I want to ask you is who inspires you? And it can be a group of people, specific people, um, whoever comes to mind when I ask who inspires you. Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot about life. It's watching, you know, the thing that inspires me probably more so than anything is watching people keep their word to themselves, right? One of the things that I've noticed in my journey that feels very, very true as someone who did not used to do that ever um, is that I don't want to be in alignment with people who don't honor themselves first. And, and I thought about this a lot over the course of the last couple of years. It's like, how can anyone ever trust my commitment to them if I don't trust my commitment to myself? True. Yeah. And so when I see that reflected in the world, it's powerful, right? And it's like, if I say I'm going to run a marathon, I'm doing it. If I say I'm going to run 75 hard, I'm doing it. If I say I'm going to whatever. And, and so it's really important to me that I'm surrounded by those same people. And, and that's the key. Like, that's the cornerstone. It's like, if, if one of my friends is like, I'm going to go to my son's baseball game. Well, damn it. You better be there. Yeah show up, do the thing you say you're going to do. Cause that to me is beautiful. That's ownership. That's the thing that's missing in this society more than anything. Everybody wants to play the victim and look, and I'll be real. Like by all means, you probably fucking deserve to do so. And now what? Right. And now what? Because ultimately it's your truth. But if I were going to pinpoint just a a person, you know, it, it comes back to Mr. Bush when I was 18 years old, he was the only person, and this is going to sound weird. He was the only person that stood up to me. He's the only person that believed in me. He's the only person that in all of the teachers that passed me, that gave me grades Mm -hmm. just to get me out. He was the only one that says, Nope, you didn't keep your commitment. And I didn't, and I paid the penalty. And so that's why that thing about accountability is so powerful for me, because if I rewind this 20 years ago, man, that was the game changer yeah. for real. And it's I my minor in college was criminal justice. Psychology was my major. And one of the big things that we focused and learned about with childhood trauma and things like that is it takes usually one or a few caring adults to actually make that impact and nine times out of 10 studies have shown it's a teacher. So yeah. I always say teachers deserve way more than they get in the world, but that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Agreed. I can go on rabbit hole on that. For yep. sure. So to break up the, you know, trauma talk, <laughs> I guess we can say uh, this next part is one of my favorite things where I have a whole bunch of random questions. None of them are too serious um, that I'm just going to rapidly answer ask you and then get your answers and then go from there cool do you collect anything and if so what do you collect books um that's one of my bookshelves right there behind me uh the other one's in my actual office and i read every book that i have up there um you know growing up my my favorite not even my favorite, but the safest place I could go was to the library. Mm. And so even when I was seven, eight, nine, 12 years old, like I was reading books every single day. Which is awesome. Read more children. If you're listening, I don't know if children listen. <laughs> probably <laughs> don't your, listen. Right, probably not. <laughs> what is your favorite uh, season of the year? Uh, summer, for sure. I love being hot. 
It's one of the reasons why I lived in Asia for a couple of years. I'm just like, give me that heat. Yeah, I'm not that. <laughs> I don't have that desire. Yet I live in Florida. So we <laughs> don't know what's wrong. Yeah, Florida's different, though. I don't like that humidity. It's- yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's something totally different. What is your favorite pizza topping if you eat pizza? Yeah, um, I do. Okay, um, good. I was thinking, <laughs> hopefully. Honestly, like, probably jalapenos. Oh, okay. See, I can't do spicy. I'm not a chicken when it comes to that. Uh, what is your favorite ice cream topping? I don't know why it all became food all of a sudden. Yeah, um, gummy bears, but I only eat sugar a couple times a year. So when I do, it's like I get oh, hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would too. What is your favorite board game? Um, here's what's interesting about that. Board games require multiple people and I'm very competitive <laughs> and people will not play board games with me. Um because I just, I like to win a lot. Um, and so recently I've been trying to step back like into a collaborative game experience, yeah. but it's very difficult. Um, so, but, but probably Monopoly. Yeah. My, OG. I, I am the let's play to have fun. And my husband is, I'm going to play to win. So <laughs> I'm not the play to have fun guy, but I'm trying to get I there. I, I've spent a lot of time trying to get there. So his whole family's very competitive. So game night gets heated <laughs> sometimes. And I'm like, all right, yeah, do something else. Last question. What is your favorite movie genre? Oh, uh, sci-fi for sure. Awesome. Which kind of leads us into, um, well, just kidding. I have one more question and then we'll get back to that. Um, going a little bit back to mental health. What is one thing that you would like to share that you do actively or multiple? It doesn't have to be one thing um, to keep your mental health in check that you always like to share with folks saying, give this a try or this works for me. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's about what works for me, right? What works for me may not work for you. Cause I live a very regiment lifestyle. So, you know, it's up at 5 30 AM journal, meditation, read coffee, hit the gym, hit the gym, you know, healthy breakfast, work for 12 hours a day, right? That's a very, very different experience for most people. Yeah. But like today I'm sitting here in the nothingness and that comes from what I would say is very important, which goes back to that old adage, know thyself. And, and it's really about in meditation, in the silence, I, I think a lot of people try to find the nothingness of meditation mm-hmm. and that has never worked for me. Right. What, what I seek is ideation. And then at some point, every time I meditate, I ask my, my body, not even myself. I ask my physical body, this vessel that I'm in, what do you need? What do you need? Yeah. What do I need? What does my body need? And then you have to honor whatever that truth is, because there's going to be times where your body's like, you know what I need? I need to go run 10 miles. My body's going to be like, I need to sit on the couch and do nothing today. My body needs whatever It's about honoring the truth and not lying to yourself. Because if you're like, quote unquote, I need to lay on the couch all day because you're fucking procrastinating. That is not the same experience as I've been going too hard. Life is incredibly stressful. I need to decompress for a minute. So know thyself like it's everything yeah it's smart smart way to look at it too because there there's times where i'm like oh yeah i need and i'm like do i really need to rest i should probably get up and do something be active and drink my water that's my psa for the day uh going back to sci-fi um recommendations of either 
movies, music, TV shows, podcasts, or books that you always, whenever you get a chance to share with the world, you want to share with the world? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot. Um, I kind of I'll kind of hit each genre just quickly. Um, anyone who knows me knows that The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time. Um, the first time I saw it when I was 13 years old, I immediately knew that we were in the matrix because it's the only way that all that abuse and chaos made sense to me, right. truthfully. And so whether that's a parable for life or whether we're actually in it, I mean, you wouldn't know because it's the matrix, right. um, <laughs> but it's, it's my favorite film of all time. It's actually what led me to answer another point of your question to discovering Tom Bilyeu and impact theory. And Tom, as many people know, is one of my mentors. Um, and it is that whole process in impact theory that has helped drive me even further in my life. So that's an amazing podcast. Everyone needs to go listen to it. Um, book wise, there's a bazillion books on planet earth you can listen to, um, or read. I mean, obviously you could listen or read to think unbroken. That's fine. Um, I personally love, uh, can't hurt me by David Goggins. Um, one of my favorite books of all time, Radical Acceptance by um, Tara Brock, incredibly, incredibly important book, um, Mindset by Carol Dweck, love it, um, Just One More by Ed Milet, incredible, um, I mean, I could, I literally, I can name yeah. 100 books right now, but that's kind of where I would start. Definitely. Awesome. Well, before we go, I want to give you a moment to let listeners know where they can find you social media wise, any projects that you want to shout out anything like that the floor is yours um i'm everywhere on social at michael unbroken um, that's on all the platforms anyone can message me there i will respond my team does not check my social media only i do so you will hear from me directly if you feel so inclined to reach out um and of course you can listen to the think unbroken podcast at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com or all the podcast places and you can read think unbroken for free literally for free zero dollars um, as an ebook, if you just go to book.thinkunbroken.com. Um, if you want to buy it, you can. I really don't give a shit. Um, my mission is to end generational trauma in my lifetime by any means necessary. So that means everything I ever create is for free. Which is awesome. And I'll link down that below as well, because I know some of us, especially my generation, it's like, where's the links at? That's the easiest way. But um, that's awesome. I'll definitely check it out myself. I thank you so much for taking time, especially on your vacation, staycation, um, for doing this and um, stay safe out there. And until next time, have a fantastic day. Such a great story and a great guy to stop by and chat. Not stop by physically, but like in the land of Zoom. Now let's look for something to meditate on. Instead of fearing change, see it as a opportunity for growth. That's a good one. That was a snap. That was a good one. Let's see. Let's pray. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. That's very true. Toxic thoughts can become toxic words. Right, Rose? every time I push record, she's like, <laughs> my time to shine. Ponder those over and think about Rose for this week's Meditation Minute.
Well, that's all I have for you this week. Big shout out to this week's guest, Michael Unbroken. Be sure to go download to go. <laughs> Be sure to go follow um, his journey and check out all of his stuff. I'll put links down below in the episode description. Um, also, thank you for the guest experience um, of Rose. <laughs> she always likes to make her way in here and let herself be known for sure. Hopefully you're having a great week thus far or month, year, whatever time frame that you're listening to this. Hope it's great. You can follow my journey too at Sir Stephen Rice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and I even have a website, SirStephenRice.com, where I have a blog, some <laughs> Here comes Rose. What would you like to tell the people before we go? And she's looking for a toy, so she wants to play. Clearly, if you have a dog, go play with your dog today. This is a sign to go be one with your doggo for show. I will be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, if you could share this with your friends and leave me a review, that'd be great. I'd appreciate it. It helps me out oh so much. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And until next time, have a fantastic day.